1: Hey, welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We are back from the bye week. Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen here to talk some Chiefs
2: Titans with you. But first, I got to ask Verderam, how was your Halloween, man? It was good. It was good. Maisie got enough candy to last a a lifetime. I took a 10% parent tax. Uh, She was also nice enough. She was like, listen, you took me out Halloween for the treating. And we were out for the full. A lot of time, we're allowed to be in the uh, good old city of Rockford. So she gave me a two-pack of Reese's, and then she also gave me a four-pack of Reese's. Oh, that's the big one. So just know that um, when I'm dead and gone, which if I eat all this candy she gave me might be soon, um, she's going to get most of the will, and my infant daughter is getting uh, scraps because she's given me nothing. Uh, So it's it's just something, Yeah. So look, she's going to have to live up to it. I keep a little notebook uh, of what's been given to me, and the uh, will will uh, proceed accordingly.
1: That's a tough break for her. You know, I wanted to ask you, I saw somebody tweeting, I can't remember who it was, but they were basically saying, like, we've moved beyond the traditional Reese's Cup. But and, and their claim was that all the, the alternate, all the holiday editions were better. The, the Christmas okay. tree, the pumpkin. And I want to get your take on it because my contention is, while I love those alternates, what I love about the original Reese's Cup is that you have that sort of like hard outer edge that gives you a different, and then, it, and then it, the, the middle is softer when you bite into it. And I really like that. It's part of the experience for me, so right. I think it's still the goat. But I want I wanted your opinion on this very important topic.
2: Yeah, I, I think look, we have to be realistic about things in life. Um, the the Reese's peanut butter cup, the original, remains the the all time number one. Uh, listen, now we have bigger things at hand to get into because people are listening to this for the Chiefs and not for our, our Reese's takes. Although actually, that might not even be true. I don't know at this point. Yeah, but there is there will be a time and place. Where we sit down and we rank out all the the Reese's holiday thing, like the trees, the egg, you know, all that stuff. We'll go, we'll go through it and we'll we'll break it down. Maybe we we'll even get somebody from Reese's to come on. I mean, what the hell? They they sponsored the Senior Bowl, yeah. So we got we have some kind of an in, in there. Uh, but yes, I'm excited about the Reese's. Uh, but the best part of Halloween is the candy. I said this on in the Boxing Tuesday to, to Sterling. It's the candy you never see throughout the year. Yeah. Right. Like you're like, hey, look at that! A hundred grand bar. You know, this is amazing. <laughs> where the hell is this? all year long it's like these companies going to hiding um so i'm, I'm a bi- i'm a big fan of the the whole halloween genre yeah,
1: did you see uh did you see mahomes you know, they, they, they posted the picture of the mahomes family out trick-or-treating i mean can you imagine if you live here in in kansas city there and you're just you're sitting out on your front porch patrick mahomes walks up trick-or-treating with his kid
2: what do you do do you play it cool yeah because his kids there right like you yeah. have to be a person you know, there's nothing worse than that guy who's like, hey, man, I know you're out with you or whatever. She has a two-year-old daughter. Right. Like, Can you sign my helmet in the house? Yeah. Like, you can't be that guy. Yeah. If if, now, if you just, like, if you live in the area and you saw him, like, walking down the street, I mean, he, I I still am a big believer. In, like, let people be people. Like, don't, yeah. like, like, I would never... I mean, first of all, in my line of work, I'd be, I'd be fired and banned from all NFL stadium if I did something like that. But even if I did, even if I worked on like construction, okay, I just I'm not that kind of person. Like, I wouldn't run out there and be, hey man, I know you're trying to have a nice day, but can, can you sign a whole bunch of shit for me? Yeah, yeah. But I think it's like moderately more acceptable to at least be like, hey, how you doing? Well, like if if he comes up with Sterling as like, hi, trick or treat. Like you don't want to be that guy. I was like, it's Patrick Mahomes. You know, like yeah. don't be that guy.
1: See, I'd I'd have gone the other way. That would okay. have been it for all the other kids, as far as the candy. <laughs> Dumped it all into <laughs> all into Sterling's bag, every last bit. Sorry, kids, get the hell out of the way. We've got very VIP trick or treaters here. I'd have turned off the porch light. That would have been it. Um, anything that makes uh, Patrick Mahomes happy is is important. It's important to me. Speaking Stiff of things that make child. me happy, what's that?
2: Just like stiff arm another child. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get what? nothing. You get nothing. Yeah. Your father does nothing to make me happy on a week in, week out basis.
1: The the other thing I probably would have done was, you know, grabbed a couple of uh, you know, I don't know what the, the those 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 things they have at the airport to direct the planes. Oh, I'd have been yeah. like the <laughs> like pylon. Yeah. I, yeah, I would have been, I would have been walking in front of him, like what if he trips over the curb or something, or one of these little kids gets in his way? I mean, I would have been like, you know, I probably would have called up security and just needed, you know, an escort. To make sure that uh, nothing nothing unfortunate befell QB1. Um, speaking of things that we like, we like Kansas City beer. KC Beer is the sponsor of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Um, we're brought to you by them. They're the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. And the only brewery in Kansas City to focus on German beer styles. They just just released a new kind of dark beer. I forget what the hell it's called. I saw it on Twitter. It looks absolutely fantastic. They renovated their beer hall. If you haven't been out to that yet, I've been there. You gotta get out there and check it out. They're an award-winning brewery with a terrific lineup of brews. So, you know, whether it's that dark beer they just released or the Dunkle or the Fest beer that they put out this time of year, which is friggin' ridiculous. Yes, you, you you need to get your hands on some. So support our show by supporting KC Beer Co. Look for their red cartons at your local store and dare to beer different. Okay, let's talk. We've got so candy up, out Chase. of the way, we got beer out of the way. We got to talk about some football stuff now. Um, and we haven't, you and I haven't met since the NFL trade deadline. So obviously, we we did talk about uh, the the Kadarius Tony trade that happened. We broke that down for folks. But I wanted to ask you: Do you think the Chiefs should have done more at the trade deadline? Obviously, pass rush is thin. Should Brett Veach have had made a deal?
2: So I talked to some people around them uh, after, right during, and, and and after the deadline. And my my sense and my understanding is that they wanted to do more, but they did not feel that they were getting a value that they felt they could they could go with. Uh, now you could argue and say, well, what was that value, and should they have done it at that value? I mean. and and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know the inner workings of every single deal that they were talking about. I don't, I do know uh, that they were active in making and receiving phone calls uh, during the deadline, and nothing came to, to pass. And sometimes, look, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have made a deal because I think they could have really used the pass rusher. I also think sometimes you have to draw a hard line and say, look, we're just not want to go to a certain point. Now, I, now this part I don't know to be a fact or anything, but like, let's say they called up Jacksonville and Jacksonville was like, we will trade you Josh Allen, but we want a first round pick. And she's like, no, because we we think he's worth maybe a second, and maybe we'll get we'll give you a, a first if you give us. A third back or something. And then it equals out. And they're like, well, no, we're not going to do it. We want a first or nothing. Like, because there's also the other part that I think you saw today that was really interesting. So the Broncos trade away Bradley Chubb to get a first round pick back. They had, if I had to bet on one trade that was going to happen on Tuesday, it was going to be Bradley Chubb because the Broncos had no first or second round pick. They desperately need one, so on and so forth. Miami then gives up a first for Chubb, which you could argue whether that's good value or not. But they give up a first. But then today they extended him for five years, on one hundred ten million dollars. Like that's the other part of it. If the, if if the Chiefs went and traded Brian for or for Brian Burns or for Josh Allen, who are who are good players, but they're not T.J. Watt. Well, they got all the leverage in the world now. Like, you're going to have to pay them a ton of money, right? Like you're going to have like, you, you don't have a choice. Like once the Dolphins acquired Bradley Chubb, he was getting a fortune. You have first round pick for him. So it's not just the cost in draft capital. It's then the cost in cap space. So while I think the Chiefs, I would I would have liked to see the Chiefs do something like Robert Quinn because that's a shorter-term deal. You're not giving up as much. Instead, if you're getting one of these other guys, a lot. you're going to have to pay a fortune for him. By the way, thank you to Evan Gabrielson, who gave us a $50 super chat. Yeah, man. That is amazing. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Evan, saying a uh, great podcast like always. Do you guys think we see Tony at all this week or do they wait? Yeah, I think you're going to see him. I don't think you're going to see a ton of them. But I think you're going to see a certain package for him.
1: Maybe a handoff. Sounds like maybe he could return punts. Uh, right. Word came out today that there's not going to be uh, as much Sky more returning punts, which I think we're all happy with. You know, I said the very first time he, that first bad game he had where he muffed it and it, you know, had almost muffed another one. Right. I was like, he should Maybe. never return another punt for that. And people were like, oh, you got to give him time. you got to give him. Yeah, nobody's singing that tune now. I just want to point out to all those people who are giving me grief. Yeah, I think, I think. look, you get a guy like Tony who's really dynamic. You, you can put in, you know, some of those McCole hardman packages that they have, right? You know, jet sweeps, have him return punts. Just kind of get him out there. If he's going to be active, use him. See if you can make something happen, you know. And it just gives the defense another thing to think about. They could put him in there and have him run some motions and not hand the ball to him and, and do something else with it. So I think we might see some of that.
0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: I wouldn't hate them taking like one big deep shot to them in the game. Like if they just got the right look and they're like, you know what? Make teams think about it. Like if he's on the field, you got to prepare for it. Even if you don't hit it, like even even if you don't hit it, and you just yeah. say, "Look, we're just going to make you think about it." I, I think you'll see him some. I don't think you're going to see a ton. I I don't I don't think you would have seen some crazy. Uh, I don't think you're going to see him like 50 percent of the snaps. And uh, by the way, i have seen a few people. Dan's asking, can we still pick up Burns after the trade That'll, No, uh, th- that ship—they're not, they're not cutting him, so that ship is sailed. Yeah. And Stacey's saying, good point about trading picks and extending the player, but Burns and Allen—you would have had a two-year runway to get an extension done. I hear that. The problem is, they are extension eligible? And if you're one of those guys, you you have all the leverage in the world to just say, like, look, you're paying me, you're paying me now, right? I mean, you don't have to, but now you've now you've given up a first and then some potentially, and then like on. Top Top of that, now you gotta sit there and you've you've gotta you gotta try to, you know, pay them to keep them happy. And if they're not happy, how big of a distraction is it? By the way, we should quickly mention, as Bill just mentioned, uh, the Rashad Fenton trade. So Fenton goes to Atlanta for what I was able to report as a conditional seventh. Look, what, my understanding
1: listeners what does that mean, conditional? Like does he have to reach a certain playing milestone or I'll, what?
2: Yeah, you know, I'll try to find out the exact conditions. My guess would be that it's a seventh and maybe it moves up to like a six if they resign him or if he hits a certain amount of snaps on the field. There can be a million different conditions. For the Chiefs, so I could tell you this wasn't about getting a seven-front pick. This was about getting $1.4 million in cap space. It was it was made clear. Uh, And throughout my reporting of of the compensation that for the chiefs, this trade is not really about Rashad Fenton, who listen, they like Rashad Fenton and he gets an opportunity now to go play in Atlanta where he's going to play more. This was about, they love these draft picks. They really, he, if Fenton had been back this week, which he's slated to be, he would not have just been behind McDuffie who's now returning and Snead and Jalen Watson. He, he would have been behind Joshua Williams. Like there would have been a real competition at, at, at corner four. So I, I think the Chiefs just said, look, Williams played so well in their estimation in a really tough spot, and then we've seen Watson. We know with McDuffie from early returns, he's looked very good when he's been out there, and then you have Snead. I think the Chiefs just looked at it and said, don't want to pay $1.4 million to a corner who's not going to see the field. So I, I think for the yeah. Chiefs, they got the cap space, which either you can roll over or there may be a receiver that's out there that they may still be interested in signing like Odell Beckham.
1: My concern was the depth, and, and Stacy brings that up as well in the chat. You know, valuable cap space, he says, but I'm a wee bit concerned about the depth of that room now. And he makes a fair point. I mean, yep, sure. You know, Fenton was much maligned this year, wasn't playing great. He's played well for the Chiefs in the past. for For what they spent to get him on the team and what they were paying him and all that, he's been a great value for the team. I, I did feel a little bit bad for him because, you know, he got traded and all these... Chiefs fans are out there. He's garbage. He sucks. He always gets penalties. And I just feel like, man, the dude, the dude sometimes was put in positions that you really didn't want him to be put in, but he game yep. went out there and played hard for this team for a number of years. And, and I think played above expectations. Um, but, yeah. but what's your concern yeah. about the depth here?
2: Well, first of all, and you're right. Like, that is one thing I, I don't personally like. And fans, of course, can do it, but I don't personally appreciate it. Like, like he's, he was a six round pick. That guy, you get a six round pick who plays like that for you on a rookie deal. Like, that's a yeah. damn good pick. He struggled at times this year. They were also asking him to do things you shouldn't have been asking him to do. Like you ask him to guard Devonta Adams one on one, yeah, that's your problem. That's not the that's not a Rashad Fenton problem. That's a, that's a coaching problem. I think their depth is fine one through four. Now, if somebody gets hurt, you know, yeah, it, it's going to be challenging. But I get it. I mean, I, I'm not like overly concerned because if you're four deep somewhere, like you should be okay. But you know, and they could always go out and sign a veteran corner if they have to. Like I, I don't love it past four. Like, if DiCaprio Brutal's on the field, I'm concerned. But yeah. that would also take a couple of injuries happening. But I look, I think you know you also saw today like why they didn't make some of these air trades, like Brandon Cooks it comes out, which it had been s- rumored in, in circles, and I wasn't going to report something I couldn't nail down. But like the, the, the Texans wanted, there were there were rumors in, around the league that they wanted two day two picks. Now Schefter's putting out there it was a second and a four, which okay, not too far off. But he's also doing eighteen million next year. Like you got to be not Houston. Like does Houston live in everybody else's reality? Like are they in their own world? Like nobody. Nobody's giving you a second and a fourth round pick and paying him $18 million next year. Like there's just there's no way in hell that's happening. You, you are gonna get a late round pick for him to offload that salary. That that's how that was gonna go. Now, if you're not willing to do that, that's fine. But like the idea that some team was gonna give you a two and a four and pay brand the cooks next year was just not.
1: What what does it say to you that the Chiefs, you know, despite big games from MVS and and uh and Juju Smith Schuster has been playing well. Nicole Hardman's been doing some things for them. They 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 obviously like Sky more, even though he's not seeing the field a ton. Right. What does it say to you that they're still in the running for wide receivers? That they were interested in Cooks. That they are supposedly interested in, in Odell Beckham Jr.
2: Oh, they are interested in Odell Beckham Jr. I can I can I mean I have reported that. I will continue to report that they are. Um. I I think it tells you that they know. Like anyone familiar with even pretty recent history. Like the Cold War between the Soviets and the United States, like that's the Bills and the Chiefs right now. Like, it is an all-out arms race with those two teams. Like the Bills went out getting Naheem Hines, Chiefs got Kadarius Tony. Both of those teams are interested in Odell Beckham Jr. So you could sit there if you're one of your 30 fan bases, you're like you kidding me? Those teams want Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, they do because they're looking at the other one, and it's one of those things, right? Like and and to keep the analogy going, like during the Cold War, both sides were like, we're not worried about them, but internally we're terrified of the other one because you're like, what are they doing? What's going yeah. on? We need to have surveillance of that. So, like, it's just like it's the football version of that, where you could sit there and all day long, whether you're a Bills fan or a Chiefs fan, be like, yeah, we're super confident, blah, blah. No, you know, no, you're not. Not if you see them in the AFC title game. You're not. You you may love that your team and believe in your team, but de- but you know that's the one other team that like. That's a problem. And I think with Beckham, I think the Chiefs are happy with MVS. I think they're thrilled with Juju. But I also think it's like one of those things where you can't have enough of a good thing right now. If you can go three wide, four wide, put them all out there. like what I, you know, I think all that stuff factors in because look, the Chiefs don't need Odell Beckham to win the division, right? The Chiefs don't need Odell Beckham, I wouldn't think, to win a wild card game. You go to Buffalo in January, that might be the difference. Maybe it's not, but it could be. And, if, and, and just the fact that it could be, I think is worth the idea of like, you know, kicking every tire you can and having the cap space should it become available and want to be there,
1: especially in the red zone. He's a great red zone threat. Right. So just real quick, let's put a bow on this, this trade stuff. You know, and as yep. you mentioned, the chiefs were active. They wanted to add a pass rusher. They were interested in that, but it does take two to tango. You got to, you got to find a willing trade partner. It's willing to give you fair value or what Brett Veach determines is fair value. And I think, look, I I think they'd like to have made a deal, but they've got to think about the long-term future. It's a little bit of a risk or a roll of the dice. But if you're Brett Veach, I think at this point you're looking at, you're looking at your coaches and you're saying, all right, man, I went out, I got you three rookie corners on cheap deals. I got you a first rounder in Trent McDuffie. I got you a pass rusher in George Karloftis. You got Chris Jones. I, you know, I brought back Frank Clark. I know he's suspended for the next couple of games, but like do bring these guys along. You know, you got Willie Gay, you got Nick Bolton, like you look at the defense and that's really what the chiefs need. Isn't it right? Like they, they need the defense to take the next step and become a a mid to, to, you know, top, top end, like top 10. defense. And I think they have the pieces to do that. Its a question is, will they get there this year? What do you think about that?
2: No, I think you're right, first of all. So right now, defensively, and like you can only, you could twist things a million different ways with stats. Okay, I can give you great stats. Defense I can give you terrible stats. Yards per play is a stat that I think is about as good as it gets. I mean, and again, you could even poke holes in that, right? You could sit there and say, well, you know, garbage time, and you can get you more yards per play in garbage time. Yards per play, Kansas City is tied for 16th. I mean, they're right down the middle. Uh, you know, yards per carry against them, they're 11th. And they're, they're actually they're actually tied for seventh, but they, they technically, if you go a couple decimal points, they're 11th. You know, net yards per pass attempt against them, they're 15th, tied for 14th with Carolina, okay? And Indianapolis. The reason I'm bringing all this up is because I actually think the Chiefs defense is pretty decent. I think the Chiefs defense gets a weird rap because a couple of these games that they've played, they've given up a lot of points and a lot of yards in these garbage time situations. Tampa Bay never was close to beating them and scored 31 points. Arizona had no shot and tacked on 14 points late, right? The Colts had one drive the whole game. Seven of those points were donated to them by, by special teams. You know, I think the Chiefs have largely been deep. I'm not saying great. I'm not like trying to make it like they've been great or anything. They have not been great. That would be a huge stretch. I don't think they've been bad. I think they've been average. And I think this team with an average defense wins a lot of football games.
1: Yeah. And, and again, they're still growing. And they, th- This team hasn't really been together since week one. Uh, you've got, as um, uh, Maisie makes her cameo appearance. Is that, is she eating, is that cotton candy? Is that a sundae?
2: What is that? No, it is not cotton candy. It is, uh, it is a frozen doll that she wants me to like braid the hair off. <laughs> I saw I the hair.
1: Like. I saw the hair and I thought I thought cotton candy. Yeah, you know, you look at this, you look at this defense and week one, you lose Trent McDuffie. Then you lose Willie Gay Jr., who's a big part of what they want to do against the run and the pass over the middle. You had injuries in the secondary like crazy. So, you know, you could be sitting here again in, in three, four weeks to get Frank Clark back. And it's been like one of the first times that let like, everybody is cross your fingers, knock on wood, all that stuff, right. healthy, and on the field together. And real quick, what do you think about Trent McDuffie? He looked good, right? He looked good in the very small sample size that we've seen from him. And I think everybody just assumes because of that he's gonna come back, he's gonna be great, you know, right off the bat. And maybe he will be, but like, could we still See some more growing pains here from the secondary. Is this, he's get the guy's a rookie? I forgot know he's a, a, a
2: you know a first round pick, but he's still a rookie, right? No, I I, mean, I really liked him when he was when he was healthy and on the field. He looked really good. He played great. I I really don't have many concerns about him in that regard. Um, you know, listen, he's he's a kid. You know, he has very little experience. I'm sure there are going to be times where he's going to get beat, and that's going to be something that you know you have to live with. I I would say this. I think the biggest thing that could help him is the front. Just being better and shortening the time that these guys have to cover. Now, I think the Chiefs are a weird case study because I was using these stats earlier, and I'm going to give a few more quick. So they're tenth in pressure rate, which is dropped by the way. They were like top two or three. Now they're tenth. All right, in this in sacks, they're middle of the pack. They they rank 14th, they tied for 13th actually with Tennessee with 19 sacks. But they only have two fewer than Buffalo. Like everybody talks about how unbelievable Buffalo's defense has been in getting pressure. Buffalo ranks far worse than the Chiefs in pressure rating. They rank below the Chiefs in quarterback knockdown percentage. They rank way below the Chiefs in hurry rate. And by the way, the Chiefs, if you're curious, rank 11th in hurry rate. Now, what's interesting is the Bills blitz like 14.7% of the time. the second le- least in the NFL. The Chiefs rank 8th most in blitz percentage at 29.5, which is an outrageous, uh, but it, obviously more than the average team. The point is, if they can start doing stuff more with just four guys – that will go a long way. I think McDuffie's really good. I think I think these kids are excellent. I really do. But I do think, too, like, listen, I don't care how good you is a corner. If teams have time to throw the ball, you're in trouble. Now, this week, that should not be the case. Tennessee has no receivers. We'll get that here in a little bit. But I think ultimately for Kansas City, the best way to help these kids is to get more of a pass rush. And if they can do that. I think they'll be fine. Looking at you, George Karloftis. It's time to start getting
1: home. So, speaking of the, the trade deadline, I, before we get into this Chiefs Titans preview, I wanted to ask you about the rest of the AFC contenders. Yep. Um, did any of them get significantly better? Obviously, I'm thinking about the Dolphins and the and the Bills right off the top here.
2: I don't. To me, Naheem Hines is the same thing as Kadarius Tony. Like it's fine. I'm not. Like to me, it doesn't change my opinion of the teams. I. It's fine. It's another little piece. Could it swing a game? Maybe. I don't think it will. Tony's obviously more of a long-term play. And so that's fine. The, the Dolphins are the team that made the big move. Um, and I do think since we've done our last Thursday show, lot's changed in the AFC. So the let's just start with the Dolphins and go from there real quick. Yeah. So the Dolphins get Chubb. I think right now, and I, and I feel like I switch my this every week, but I just try to be accurate. Like right now, the Dolphins are the third best team in the conference. You know, when when Tua's been there and he's been healthy and he's played the whole game, they haven't lost yet. Tyree Kill's on pace for over 2,000 receiving yards. Uh, you know, Tua's having a really good year. Now, defensively, they've been awful, which is why they went out and they got Chubb. Do I think they're as good as Buffalo and Kansas City? No, I don't. Do I think they could beat them in a one off, just in just a game where they go throwing for, you know, 400 yards and they can stay in it? Maybe. I would take Buffalo or Kansas City to win, and I wouldn't hesitate, but I think they're the third best team, and Chubb does help. As Jeremy just pointed out, and that was where I was going next. Rashad Bateman's out for the year now with a foot injury for the Ravens. That is a huge loss for them. I, I don't even think Rashad Bateman's a great receiver, but he's young and he's talented and he's easily their best wideout. Him being gone is is bad news for Baltimore because now you're sitting there going, All right, it's Mark Andrews, it is nobody else, man. Like, the next highest guy is Devin DuVernay, who has 313 yards in eight games. I mean, you know, Bateman was averaging 19 yards of reception. It, it just, he's he was the big play guy in that offense. That, he's now gone for the year. The Bengals... Also lost and we talked about Jamar Chase because it actually happened on Thursday last week. Yep. Now Chidobia Wuze, who is by far their best corner, he is out for the year towards ACL. They did not go out and get a corner at the deadline. That is a huge problem for them. A
1: huge problem. And they can't they can't protect Joe Burrow at all. I mean, the Browns yeah. absolutely funny funny enough, is, is the Browns have been up and down. I think they're they're a little bit like the well, I don't know if I feel like this anymore because after the way they played last week with the Raiders, but the Browns are a little bit like the Raiders in that their their record, you know, they, they should have a much better record than they do. They just browns at the end of a couple of games. Yep. But there's a there's talent on that roster. But they went out and it, Joe Burrell's never beaten the Browns. I mean, they it, killed
2: them. Yeah, they have their number. They uh they have their number for whatever the reason, but you're not kidding about the line. Like I'm to a point Cincinnati. Listen, you know what? It's been half the season now. Can you block anybody? Yeah. Can you block one team? They've given up twenty nine sacks this year. Young pace gave up over sixty sacks. And I know there are people out there like, well, quarter, you know, it's it's a quarterback stat. That's why I watch these games. That's not a quarterback stat. When he hits his back foot and there's three guys coming at him because they can't block him. sometimes it is. Like if you watch Carson Wentz, it's a quarterback stat with him. He holds the ball forever yes there are certain guys that wherever they go and and i'm not even trying to pile on them but like russell wilson's like that russell wilson holds the ball fine joe burrow i'm not saying he never holds the football a lot of this is him just getting pounded into the ground before he has a chance to do anything I mean, they, they cannot block so you know i'll tell you another team i thought might do something because their season seems to be on on the thread right now is the chargers and they sat there and they didn't make a move right? by the way just as an aside. uh I am. I'm going to call my shot again. I did this with Seattle. I'm going to do it again. Atlanta is going to pummel them. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a They're, bold claim. I don't care. They're off a bye. I don't go, by the way, I, I'm not. Like, I feel bad for him, but Keenan Allen is still out with his hamstring injury. He came back last last game, not last week, the week prior for their bye week against Seattle. Played half the game. Didn't play in the second half. Now he's hurt again. he has got a hamstring injury again. Mike Williams is out with the ankle injury. They're obviously out with Slater and Jackson for the year. Bose is still out for maybe another month. I mean, what about them scares you if you're Atlanta? They can't stop the run. They have no weapons other than Eckler. Like the, the Falcons are way better coached. And that game is an early game and they got to come all the way across the country. Yeah. So good luck. Have fun.
1: We've mentioned this before. What is going on in Los Angeles? Is it the training staff? It's a mass unit every single oh, yeah. year. Every year. I mean, it, Mike Williams is hurt. Keenan Allen's hamstrings, the soft tissue. and Like,
2: it just seems like, did somebody put a curse on that I franchise? It's, it is unbelievable. Because, like, every team has injuries, but they have injuries like the best guys on the team every right. single year. You know, I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. And, by the way, I see somebody saying, you know, you must not be thinking about Isaiah Likely. The Ravens are going to be fine. No, I'm thinking of Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely has 181 yards and a touchdown this season. What are we doing? He's basically Clyde Edwards Alaire in the passing game. I don't care. I I just, look, man, I I really do. Like, I think the Chargers, it's just all these injuries. And by the way, like, their rubber is going to meet the road here over the next five weeks because they have four of them on the road. The only home game they have is the Chiefs. That's going to feel like a road game. You've got the road games against the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Niners off a bye next week, and the Falcons. Like, I could easily make a case they go one and four in those games. I just, I think it's going to be very hard for him. I really do.
1: And funny enough, the Chiefs are the three seed right now, behind the two seed, the Tennessee Titans. I, I, so- <laughs> That's uh, maybe not going to last too much longer. Let's 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 get into our game preview. Before we yep. do that, I just want to let you know, if you like this podcast, do us a favor. Make sure you like this video. It helps more people find our content. It's super helpful. Get more Chiefs fans in here. And if you like this podcast and you want to kind of hang out with us, get to know us, become our friends, and and become a part of the Chiefs community that we're building, check out the info in the description and consider becoming a member. We've got a private members-only Discord. We've got a fantasy football league. We have a lot of fun in there talking football. I'll be in there tonight, Thursday Night Football. Popping it up with everybody. It's a great time. Uh, so we hope to, to get to know you guys and uh, consider there's three levels. There's a video over there explains it all. Check it out. All right. Let's 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 get into Chiefs, Titans. So, I mean, the Titans are five and two. I'll give you the primer. The Chiefs are minus 12 and a half in this game. Favorites. 12 and a half. This is the NFL. It's so not a college line. 12 and a half. Over unders 45 and a half. Here's your primer. The Titans lost their first two games of the season. The, the Giants, who are surprisingly like Confident. winning, but probably not really that good either, uh, twenty-one to twenty, they got steamrolled by the Bills, forty-seven to, to seven, and they haven't lost since. They've won five straight over the Raiders, Colts, Commanders, Colts, and Texans. I'm going to read that list again because I think that will answer your questions about how the Titans are five and two. Yes, wins over the Raiders, Colts, Commanders, Colts, and Texans. Those teams are all terrible. Um and look, but I gotta say, hats off they should maybe just give Mike Vrabel the, the 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 coach of the year award for having this team five and two because they're not good. And but they they they're good enough to beat bad teams, I guess. That is not what they're facing this week in Kansas City. Um, what's your just over, overall opinion of the Titans? Who's the leading receiver, by the way, is Robert Woods, who has like 230 yards receiving.
2: Yeah. So, by the way, somebody asked in the chat uh, who the uh, crew is for this game, uh, for the officiating crew. It is Cleet Blakeman. So, uh, that's what you've got. Um, All right. Titans are, to me, a very intriguing but also very simplistic Mm -hmm. um, breakdown here. So, Tennessee, five and two, as you, you laid out perfectly, who they've beaten, who they've played, all that stuff. The, the Titans are unbelievably limited on offense, like regardless of who the quarterback is. So Tannehill this year, when he plays, is averaging like 180 some odd passing yards a game. And as you pointed out, Robert Woods is the leading receiver on that team, and McCall Hardman is having a better year than Robert Woods is. Okay. Chief fans in this podcast were like, hey, we should trade McCall Hardman. He would be the Titans' best receiver. They do not have a tight end that scares you. They do not have pass catching running backs that scare you. Henry and Hilliard are a good pair of backs. Obviously, Henry's amazing, but as receivers, they don't scare you. Um, Henry is obviously the engine of this offense. It is a bad pass blocking line. Like Taylor and LeJuan's out for the year. Roger Saffold now in Buffalo. This is a, this is a group that if they have to throw the ball, it is not going to end well for Tennessee. Okay. They have to be able to run the ball and to run the ball at will. They're not beating the Chiefs if Henry and now. Like, I would say that to win the game, the Titans probably have to rush as a team for more than 200 yards in this game. I, I do not think they're winning. Even even if Henry goes for a buck 10, it's not enough. Like they're they're going to have to run the hell out of the ball. You know, this isn't last year when they had AJ Brown. You know, and they had Julio Jones for what Yeah, you know, I know he was he was a shell of himself, you still respect him. Like they not they don't have any of those guys, those guys are gone. Like those right. it's just it is at this point Henry, Henry, Henry. And defensively, earlier today I did a show with Ben Heisler and we broke down some of his game. He brought up a great stat. They've given up the tenth most yards this year to receivers, which I went back and looked at the receivers they've played this year. Okay. It's staggering that that's even possible. But Here's the full list of receivers who have 70 or more yards against the Titans this year in a single game. Sterling Shepard, Stephon Diggs, no, no problem there, went over 100. Mack Collins for the Raiders went over 150 yards. Mo Ali cox who's a tight end. Alec Pierce, rookie receiver. Duami Brown, huge game for Washington. Terry McLaurin, Paris Campbell, and Brandon Cooks. And the people who threw those passes to those guys, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, again, no shame there. Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Davis Mills. I mean, it's not like
1: a particularly impressive lineup. There's of a matters.
2: reason there's a reason the line is almost two touchdowns.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you're right. The way the Titans used to beat you was they're gonna play good defense. They're gonna run the ball with Henry at the peak of his powers. They're gonna run play action, use Tannehill's mobility and 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 take some shots. Take some well, you know, get those defenses to bite and take some shots. Well, now Tannehill's not playing as well. Derrick Henry just had a monster game, but you know, slowed down a little bit. Um, not quite as dominant as he was. This is a team that is running the ball. Listen to this. On the season, they have a hundred and two receptions total. Uh, they've, they've run the ball 220 times. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like the sixties yeah, over here with the Titans. Um, they
2: they have to play that way. I mean, they, they have to play that way or they have absolutely no chance. They just cannot. And that's been fine. They had a big lead on the Raiders. They had, they had a big lead on the Colts in the second game. The Colts threw two of the worst picks you'll ever see in your life. Um, The Texans are awful. They never had to throw the ball in that game, right? Like Washington, they had a lead on it. The problem is going. Tennessee's got to play this game one way. They've got to play it one way. They've got to stay within a score the entire way, and they've got to be able to run the hell out of the football. If Kansas City at any point in this game gets up by multiple scores, this game's over. They they have no chance of beating Kansas City if that happens.
1: Yeah, and it's – so let's get into the injury report, some of the specifics about this game. Um, you, you and I were talking before we came on here. Tannehill is banged up. If you're not familiar with the Titans, if you're not a fantasy football player, um, they they drafted a, a quarterback, Malik Willis, out of Liberty. Liberty. Yep. Third yeah. round. Um, you know, so third round pick, he's not He's not ready to, to, to probably be playing in the NFL just yet. And as such, you know, they got Tannehill out there. Um, But Tannehill's got this ankle injury that he's been dealing with, I believe. Yeah, it's an ankle. He was limited. The talk was Steve Spaglolo today at the podium said they anticipated Tannehill would play. He was limited. They said they were going to test it out and see Tannehill in an interview yesterday said something along the lines of, I want to see if I can go out there and that I'll be able to move around and not be a statue back there. Um, He did not practice today. He was not, not there at the, at the media session of practice was a DNP. Um, Derrick Henry's was resting. I guess he's got a foot injury, but he, it sounds like he's going to play. So now they're not even going to have Tannehill. So you go from, I mean, Mal- Malik Willis. is just it just doesn't seem like he's he's ready <laughs> to play. So um,
2: you're really in a bind if you're the Titans and Tannehill's not out there. If Tannehill does not play, and this comes from someone who I wrote a lot about Malik Willis this offseason because I saw him at the Senior Bowl, uh, got to speak with him. Really impressive kid. I love his upside. I still love his upside. I also feel that there's a real, like he was clearly the kind of guy who, listen, he's coming from a small school. Didn't play a ton in college. You know, he had to transfer to Liberty. Um, he's not ready. Like it's not, a, it's not a criticism of him. It's just, it's just a reality. Like some guys come in they there. Re- like, Kenny Pickett's not ready, but the Steelers drafted him in the first round. So he's playing Malik Willis has appeared in two games this season. Okay. Came in to mop up against Buffalo, and they are losing 41-7. He went one for four for six yards. A QBR of 1.4. Last week, he started the game, played the whole game against Houston. Went six of 10 for 55 yards. And threw a pick, and was sacked three times. And had a QBR of 4.4. And if you're not familiar with QBR, it's from one to 100. (laughs) That's not good. And I'm not – again, I'm not bagging on him. It's just – it's just stats. Like, this is what it is. Like, in those games, he's – this surprises me. He's only rushed nine times for 28 yards in those games. Right. I, you know, he's an athletic kid. If he has to play in this game, I really wonder if you're Willis, if you just say, you know what, we're running basically the option. I mean, we're just playing – we're just running the option – and we're going to try to run the ball for 300 yards in this game. Because I'm not, I'm not taking a shot. I really feel this way. He will not throw for 100 yards in this game. Like I, not, And that's not even all his fault. They don't have the weapons. And I would expect – I will say one thing I am very confident about in this game. The Chiefs are going to put a million guys down at the line of scrimmage and put all their corners in man-on-man situations because the Chiefs match up well man-on-man with every one of them. And I the Chiefs are just going to say, look, we'll cover zero. We'll cover one. We'll run blitz the hell out in this game. And and all it takes is that she's getting a couple of stops early and this game snowballs. Yeah. Like, again, the Titans have to win a very specific way. They have to win by running the ball down the Chiefs' throat and time of possession. And it, if this becomes any kind of a, hey, the Chiefs are up 13-3, like, this game's over. Tennessee just does not have the wherewithal on either side of the ball to play that kind of game. Now, I don't know if is going to play or not. He went from limited to DMP. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, I would think he's not playing. Um, we'll see. But it's it's a tough spot for Tennessee. Willis has to play in the game. I love his upside, but you're asking him to do something right now that, frankly, he's just not ready to do.
1: Yeah, their best bet would be to come out and basically play Army's offense out there um, and just not throw any passes. And they just they barely let him attempt any passes last week, and, and there's good reason for that. I, I don't blame him, man. You're going to get the kid killed. He's got nobody to throw the ball to. He played at Liberty, for God's sake. Like you, just It's not a good time to be rolling him out there. Um, I mean, Jesus, in this game, the, their leading receiver against the the Texans was Robert Woods with two receptions for 26 yards. I, I still don't know how they won. I mean, Derrick Henry rushed for 219 yards. That's how. Like, And they were playing Davis Mills. But they're not playing Davis Mills this weekend. They're playing Patrick Mahomes. Is this a game – and just for your updates on the Chiefs injuries, um, Jody fortin has got like a hamstring, I think, injury. A quad. A quad. He's not not practicing. practicing. Um, But Willie Gay was out there, correct? Full practice. Full practice for Willie Gay Jr. Everybody
2: else is full. Everybody else is full. And obviously Frank Clark is suspended.
1: Chiefs are Chiefs are healthy. They've got Trent McDuffie on the injury report with the hamstring injury, but he's been a full participant in practice both days this week. He's going to be out there bearing any setbacks. So the Chiefs are healthy. They're coming off the bye. We all know the legend of Andy Reid off the bye week. It's not just two that I think he's game planning for for the Titans, but he's he's taking on what he learned, you know, early on here in the season with this team with a lot of new pieces and making tweaks and adjustments. I think it could get ugly this way, <laughs> this Sunday night. Um, it's uh, not the typical Sunday night football matchup that you're that you're hoping to see. If the Chiefs come out, as, as you said, if they're not if they're not laying an egg, if they're not flat, if they're not turning the ball over and doing silly stuff, Spagnuolo may just play regardless of whether Tannehill plays or it's Willis. He just might be in engage eight the whole time.
2: Who are you scared I, of? No, I think you have to be. If they're not, I'm going to be screaming at the television the entire game. Like if, if they come out and play this BS zone defense where they, I mean, that would be insanity. Like you need, and, and I see mighty saying we should blow them out, but we never do that. That's not necessarily true, man. They blew the Cardinals out. They blew Tampa out. That game was never close. That's a blowout. They destroyed Tampa in that game. They blew the Niners out. I mean, it took them to the second half. They blew them out. The, all those teams are better than Tennessee. I mean, maybe you want to sit there and argue about Arizona. Fine. I The, the Chiefs do blow teams. Now, I won't say they blew the Raiders out, because they certainly didn't. They could have lost that game. They also were down 17 nothing, and they beat the doors off from the rest of the game. Now, it matters you're down 17 nothing. My point is, three of their, three of their what, nine, how many games they played? Seven games. Three of their seven games in the playoffs where they've won. I mean, they've hammered three teams. So, you know, listen, I, I hear you. Like, it always seems like it can be frustrating. I would also say that not only in this game, but going forward, their schedule's a lot easier than it's been. Like, these are games now you're healthy, you're off a of bye. If this game's a struggle for the Chiefs, it's a problem. Like, th- this game should not be a struggle, not only because I think the Titans lost, they're, they're limited in how they can play, it just is a perfect matchup for Kansas City. I always think the teams that should scare the Chiefs are the teams that have enough firepower to go toe for toe. I I don't even worry so much about teams. And it's like, this team is a great defense. I mean, the Niners and Bucks both have great defenses. And I think the Chiefs just scored more points on both those teams. I don't care about that. When you play a team that can throw the ball with the Chiefs, that's, to me, the thing that scares you. It's why the Chargers are always a weird matchup for them. It's why the Bengals are a weird matchup for them. It's why Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo's a hard match for anybody, but why why Buffalo's so good. Tennessee is just a polar opposite. Like, they just – there's no ability to throw the ball in this game. And I've seen people say, well, what about, you know, the way the Raiders ran the ball against them, the Niners? That's all fine. But you have to respect all these all these weapons that those teams have. Right. So you can't just run blitz the crap out of those teams because they'll beat you over the top. Th- that is not the case in this game. Like, if you're the Chiefs, you're just like, look, beat me. Beat me throwing it, like I, I don't care. I mean, even if Tannehill plays and he has a big game by his standards, what's he going for two and a, two and a quarter? Yeah. Like you're not worried about that. So, and, and Henry, by the way, he's been much better as the year's gone on because the first three games he didn't have 100 yards in any of them. Last four games he's had 114, 102, 128, and 219. But I will say this: in so in in two of the games last week he ran for 6.8 yards of carries, just ridiculous. It was the best game he had all year long. And against the Colts, the, fir- the, uh, the, the first time they played each so other, they ran for 5.2. The other two games, he ran for 3.6 and 4.3. If you're the Chiefs, you take either one of those. Like, yeah, if he hits 100 yards, but he's averaging four yards a clip, that's great. You're the Chiefs. You're like, by all means, like, run yeah. 30 times for a buck twenty. You know, you don't care. That's half their offensive plays. Right. So, I think you're the Chiefs, you're fine with that. You just can't let them have the game Like, yeah, last week, just goes berserk. And then they don't have to throw the ball. That's when it becomes a problem.
1: If you're the Chiefs, how do you want to attack this Titans offense and do you, or defense? And do you think we'll see any new wrinkles from the Chiefs coming out of the bye on offense?
2: Um, I mean, I think you'll see them. They One thing the Chiefs are very good about every year uh, coming out of the bye, and yes, Mighty, Dan is back. Um, they, they really do a very good job of self-scouting. A lot of stuff that is not working pre-buy, you will see them just completely scrap it and they won't use it. And they get back to doing what they or they, I shouldn't say get back to doing, but they focus more in on what they do well. You know, what are what are our best personnel groups? What are our best, you know, formations and and what are our best scheme? You know, like hey, we're really good at running mesh concepts, we're really good on our sale concepts, ah, we're not so good on our flood concepts. They will they will I don't want to say simplify it, but they'll kind of hone in on certain things, and then they build off of what that what's working. Like they'll build off those concepts, and they'll give they'll give. Okay, hey, look, we we when we play this look, this is the play we've run. Well, now we're gonna give them the same look, but we're gonna add a, another option onto it. Um, I think that's what you'll see. I think for the Chiefs, you just are you're finding the last couple of weeks. You're finding now, even in the Bills game. MVS and Juju and like what's working and how it's coming together. So yeah, I think the chiefs are kind of finding that sweet spot offensively. Um, you know, they're going to, fe- they're going to put Tony into the fold now as well. So that'll be another wrinkle. Um, I'm curious to see now that Orlando Brown got a couple weeks to rest and he's not on the injury report right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's not correct. Okay. No. Um, how does he look? Cause he's been dealing with that knee all year. Like, how does that look? So, I think you'll see a few wrinkles, but I just think you'll see more like they'll build more off of what they already do well.
1: All right. We are going to give you our final score predictions and we'll want to hear yours in the chat. But first, we got to get to some listener reviews. Uh, As you know, this is a podcast uh, that also streams on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube if YouTube's not your thing and you don't want to look at our ugly mugs. You can listen to just the audio version, which is slightly better than uh, nails on a chalkboard, and you can do that at wherever you get your podcasts. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. So, if you want to participate in the show, you want to have a question, you want you want to hear what we think about Reese Cups or uh, Count Chocula or right. um, the Kansas City Chiefs, you can leave us a, re- a written review over at Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars. Leave us a written review. We'll answer it on uh, answer your questions right here on the podcast. We're going to do it right now with our guy member. USAF Chiefs fan, um, Serial and Chiefs says, come for the Chiefs, come for the serial reviews, stay for the Chiefs talk, win or lose the addicts, deliver. Either whether it's a well time and halftime rant or an end of game victory party, the Discord channels and best's midweek newsletter, our co host Adam Best. Newsletter came out today. It's fantastic, by the way. Good stuff in there this week. You won't be disappointed in the amount of content they give you on the Chiefs. Question. Do you think Veach goes offensive tackle or defensive end in the uh, in this year's draft? I agree they'll, they'll tag OBJ again, uh, meaning Orlando Brown Jr., but could they possibly do another Eric Fisher scenario where they start him at right tackle for a year? Right. I know we're a while away from the draft, but his overall performance thus far hasn't seemed contract worthy.
2: Uh, thank you for the review. Appreciate the question. Yeah. Um, it's just so hard to say, man. Like I, it just depends. Like they're not picking first overall, so like, how does the board fall? You know, where does this all shake out? I would answer it this way: If you're asking me what I think the bigger need is, if they tag OBJ, I think they would look at defensive end as the bigger need because you have one more year of him. You could always draft the guy you know, the year after. If he and, and I know, I could tell you from just talking to. You know, people in the league, like the, the expectation is, at least going into this year, was, yeah, they'll, they'll tag him. Um, does he does he play himself out of a tag? I don't know. Um, I would still expect him to be tagged. So I would say the end. I'll give you a wild card, though. They're on the board, and there's some receiver they really love. I can see them doing it. I can definitely see them doing it. And I'll tell you one thing I, knew, I know for a fact. That Tyreek Hill trade. I've said this many, 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 many times, said this a lot. Part of the reason was because it opened up seventy $75 million in cap. And they are going to have a lot of cap space next year. The, I, by the time they hit the draft, I, they'll have a few holes already filled. I don't I don't yeah. think they're going to be going into the draft like they did this year, where they didn't do much in free agency. I think they will do plenty in free agency.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. They've done some things in the draft, but now they've got the flexibility to go and get a marquee pass rusher if one hits the market. That's really interesting. Same thing for a tackle. Look, I think with Orlando Brown Jr., I don't think he's played horribly this year. He struggled at times. He's been solid. I think he's been about Eric Fisher level for the most part. You know, we talk about did he play himself out of the tag? I mean, he may very well just come back, I don't want to say with his tail between his legs because that that sounds negative, but like, he and his representatives might get together after the season and be like, what are they offering? Like, If Brett Veach is smart, and I think he is, I know he is, he's going to have an offer, a good offer, ready for Orlando Brown Jr. And it's maybe not going to be the same offer that he was getting last year if his play continues to be sort of mediocre this season. And if you're Orlando
2: Brown Jr., you might just want to go ahead and take that. I'll tell you right now, I bet he wish he just took that deal. I mean, back at the deadline. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not in the business of crushing players, and I'm not trying. But I mean, let's just be realistic. I mean, right now, I think if that deal's on the table, he'd sign it. Right. So, you know, let's you know what I think. I think the smart money says they tag him. I also think the smart money, the smarter money, says it's November third. Yeah. And a lot's going to change through now November third. Yeah. Like what if what if he plays it like this whole regular season, then the playoffs, he's just absolutely locked down. Right, like what if they beat Buffalo because he just he just absolutely owns Von Miller in the game. I mean, yeah. and for people like that would never ha- look, it happens. Like stuff like that happens, yeah. you know. So, um, Von
1: Miller's no spring chicken, by the way. You know, like uh, he he's still playing excellent, but like, how's he going to be playing come uh, come January after a full NFL season after it yeah, starts she- getting cold on those old bones? I mean, that's something to consider uh, with him.
2: I actually popped up on the injury report today with an ankle injury. So yeah, but uh yeah, no, I but to answer the question, it's just so hard to say, man. Uh it it really is. It, it, but I I think D end is a bigger need because other than Carl Oftis, what do you have there right now? I mean Ingram right. or excuse me, Ingram, Dunlap is, you know, free agent after this year. Clark, they're cutting after this year. So what do you have? Like they they're gonna need, they need a DN. Where if you tag Brown, oh you know, you're still okay there.
1: All right, we got one more of you to get uh, from uh, Mosh uh, A E. Go Chiefs! As a New Yorker Chiefs fan, I love this podcast. They are the best, especially Verdam with two exclamation points! Wow,
2: thank uh, you. From, yeah, Must some a family member.
1: Yes, yeah, it probably is from New York. So, um, all right, let's get to our final score predictions. We've been getting a lot of predictions from you in the chat, so I want to read some of those first. Our guy Jeremy Cochran says thirty-seven thirteen Chiefs um, uh, Bumpa. Underscore BB says Chiefs 2615. Uh, you should laugh. 2417 Chiefs. Jerome says, God, I lost it. 2817 Chiefs. Uh, Wessie uh, Balski says, Did I say that right? Is it Weese? 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 Let me know. Uh, Balski says 2421 Titans. Oh, how about that? That. I didn't. I didn't recognize that name. So that must be a Titans fan or a Raiders fan or something out there. Um, Tony Lejeune says thirty-five, seventeen Chiefs. Uh, John says she's fifty-two to ten.
2: Wow. John, John Satterfield, Big. confidence is, is at an all-time high. <laughs>
1: um, before we get to our, our guy, Stacy says uh, thirty-one, twenty Chiefs. Before we get to our predictions, uh, there is one thing that some people have been pointing out on Twitter is that Chiefs always lose to the Titans in the regular season, they've yes. had the chiefs number, but do you throw that those stats out? Like just as more of a curiosity, like these are totally different teams, totally different players, totally different situations. Sometimes there's a trend, but it's not like, Oh, the Titans own the chiefs,
2: but do they, I I mean, I don't really care about this. And I, I don't care about it the other way either. Like when the chiefs have some dominance over a team, like look, every team, every game's different. Every team's different. Um, and, and really, it's kind of been weird. Like, first of all, anything pre-Mahomes, I don't care about. But Don't waste my – I don't want to hear about what, what happened, like, in 2014. I, who cares? Right. With Mahomes, they're 1-2 and two against Tennessee. They won the one game that mattered. They, they hammered Tennessee in that game. And the other two games – that the first one was, if you remember, that was when Mahomes came off the injury, and he yeah. went nuts. He threw, like, 440 yards, and they totally yeah. outplayed them the entire game, and then the Chiefs just crapped their pants – in the last five minutes of the game. Yep. I remember being absolutely fierce. I was just despondent after that game. Like, how in the world could you lose to that team that way, and then they never lost another game? That literally was the last game they lost that season, and then won every one of them the rest of the way. Um, The last year, last year's weird in a few ways because Henry did nothing in that game. He ran for like 2.9 yards an attempt. But that was that game when the Chiefs just bottomed out. And it was, just, they were brutal to start the year. They played horrible football. Like, if you go back and look at that game, which I, I don't want to put anybody through the, the torture chamber here, but if you go back and look, because I think that game is so fascinating. So they lost to them to fall to three and four last season. Okay. They fell at three and four before eventually finishing, what was it, 12 and five? That game. You want to take a guess? I'll give you a guess at this. Just just for uh for fun here. Who do you think led the league in the league? Who led the Chiefs that day in receiving yardage?
1: Oh man, I don't know. Was it Hardman?
2: No, Hardman was 5th. Wow. <laughs> it just goes to show what this game was. Yeah. Byron Pringle.
1: Byron Pringle. The Pringle five
2: game. 73 yards. Kelsey had 65 yards, Hill had 49 yards. Mahomes led them in rushing with 35 yards. He also only played part of the game. He was tw- he had a, here, here's what happened in this game. Okay, And if this happens again, they'll lose again. <laughs> this is, if, if this didn't happen, I'd be yeah, right. Tannehill had a 91.5 QBR in the game. Mahomes had a 9.9 QBR. It was wow. just it was insane.
1: Total meltdown game.
2: Just, yeah, I mean, just a game where they bottomed out. Just completely AJ Brown had eight catches for a buck thirty-three and a touchdown. Like nobody else had more than 40 yards receiving for Tennessee. But if you remember that game, Brown went nuts. It was just, you know, Henny came in for the Chiefs. When it was 11 to 16. Like <laughs> it was it was insane. It was the Chiefs had three turnovers. Here's the crazy thing. The yardage totals and the first downs are almost identical, but the Chiefs had nine penalties. The Titans went eight to twelve on third down. It was just the biggest crap show you've ever seen in your life. I, I do not anticipate that that is going to happen again. I, I I'm sorry. I do not think like I don't look at that game and go, "There's the template." Like it was, no. it was literally the worst game they've played since Mahomes has been there. And I, I give the Titans credit. But if you watched the Chiefs last year, that was more about the Chiefs at that point than it was anybody else is doing, I and mean, it was just a disaster on offense.
1: Yeah, let's be real here. We're, given where the Titans are talent-wise right now, this game should end like like the Buffalo game. They should get steamrolled by a much better team. So let's get into our predictions. What is your uh, prediction and final score for this one?
2: Um. I respect Tennessee as much as we've been talking about how I think they're overmatched because I think they are overmatched. Vrabel's a really good head coach, and so they will do something in this game that Chiefs are not prepared for. They will they will find a way. I think early on, I think you know what I think this game could be a lot like. This game could be a lot like the Pittsburgh playoff game last year, mm. where the first like twenty minutes of the game you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, they, like what is happening? And then they kind of figure it out. And then it's just one of those things where Pittsburgh just talent-wise, like they just they, they were not going to keep up with them. Like there was just not a world where the Steelers are going to for 60 minutes be able to play with Kansas City. Right. I'll say 34 to 17. I think the first half is like reasonably close, and people are like, oh my God, are they going to lose and then like the second half of the game is just one of those things where it's like Rabel's done all he can to keep it close. The Chiefs make adjustments at the half. And they come out and score the first, like, 14 points of the game's over. So, I, now, if, if Willis has to play, because that's a, that's my Tannehill. So, if Willis has to play, I have a ton of respect for Vrabel. I just don't think they have any ability at that point to throw the football. Like, 37 to 13, something like that. Like, I think it can get somewhat out of hand. But if Tannehill plays, you know, right, right around 34 to 17, 34 to 20.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Look, the Chiefs are massive favorites in this game, and they should be. They're coming off the bye, and they're going to be healthier on defense. So um, they do need to be careful here. I'm with you. Like, I have a lot of respect for the Titans, despite their struggles. They've managed to cobble together the same record as Kansas City this season. Um, they're well coached, and they've got that game record and Derrick Henry. So I, I think the Chiefs are far and away the better team, but they better beware coming out flat against Tennessee. Um, a team like that that can run the ball. Uh, they've got enough talent to make them pay if they do, I just don't think they will. Chiefs 30, Titans 17. Uh, and it could get it could get uglier than that. When you see a line like that from Vegas, 11 and a half in some books, 12 and a half in others, right? In an NFL game, it, it's telling you something. You look at the win. there's it's a little bit of fool's gold for the Titans, right? I mean, you look at who they played. They got by on a running game and being well coached, but they're going to Arrowhead in prime time. Like if this was like a Sunday afternoon game in, yes. in, in Nashville, right? Yes. Like, you know, but this is just everything. Everything's pointing to like a bloodletting for the yeah. Titans in this Look,
2: one. I, and, and your points with them. by the way, we thanks for subscribing. I uh, appreciate it. Hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. I appreciate your, uh, your thoughts. And um, Dylan, hey, man, listen, I – I appreciate being here. I saw your comment. I I think the the Titans are going to win the division. But I I, got to be honest, I didn't say they're a fine team. I think they're a pretty average team with a really good head coach. And I think he will keep them in the game for a little bit. At some point, they're like, look, I mean, I'm paid to be honest. I've picked against the Chiefs this year. I'm being honest. Like, I think the Titans are going to be a team that make the playoffs. They can win a playoff game. This is not the spot. To face ten to, to face Kansas City, I'm sorry, it's off a bye, it's a night game, it's at Arrowhead Stadium, like that. That is not the spot if you're the Titans. You're like, man, I can't wait for that game. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Those two other regular season games we talked about, they're both in Tennessee and early windows. Like I said this a few weeks ago, and I'll stand by this. That game against Jacksonville next week concerns me because that is this that is the. That is the stereotypical game with the chiefs it's noon it's whatever and then all of a sudden it's like hey they're down 17-7 at halftime and like i think they'll win but i could see that game just making your blood pressure go through the roof because they're just totally sleepwalking through it they're not focused they know they have the chargers the following week if this game was a day game and it was in tennessee patrick i'm with you i think it would be a game where i'd go you know this is the kind of game like you it's just it's a bad spot for tennessee Because I don't think you're going to overlook them. It's off a bye week. Like, you've had two weeks to look at them. Like, I don't – and the Chiefs off the bye typically are very, very good. I just don't think this is a spot where Tennessee is going to get overlooked. And because it's in primetime at Arrowhead, I also think it's the kind of game where it's like the Chiefs are just going to be ready for the game. I mean, out of the three times they've played them, when is the one time it was a real big spot, the AFC Championship game? Yeah. And Kansas City went out and just dispatched them. I mean, they, they actually started slow, but then they rolled after that. This is not the AFC title game, but it's also not noon in Nashville in Week Nine. It's not.
1: Yeah, this is this is one of those games where if you you know ideal script for the Titans would be, uh, you know, Titans win the toss and defer. They kick off. The Chiefs fumble on the kickoff return. The Titans get the ball. They get a quick touchdown. Chiefs get the ball back. First series. Some lineman tips a Mahomes pass; they get an interception. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 got to be something like that. I think for them early to to get into a position where they can run the ball and try to play defense.
2: It's got to be a game where if you're Tennessee, it's never more than one score. At least you're trailing. I mean, obviously, you'd love to be winning by more than one score, but never trailing by more than a score. Where Henry can constantly be a factor. Where Henry, you could you because they've been able to win games. Largely because they've gotten out to leads and they've been able to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And they're not threatened by Matt Ryan or Davis Mills. If they get down to Kansas City in this game, you got they got they have a big problem. They're not built to win that way. It's not it's not even really a criticism, just the truth. Like it's not they need to shorten the game. And I'm gonna tell you something else they gotta do in this game. They've got to force some turnovers with Kansas City. If the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, I think this is a really tough one. One thing of note, though, with the Titans, I actually find fascinating. Two best teams in the red zone, both playing Sunday night. The Chiefs are one. The Titans are two tenths of a point behind them. So if Tennessee gets to the red zone because of Henry, they're they're no joke. Yeah. But it it's been getting to the red zone to the problem. They are next to last in yards per drive this season. The only team worse than them is Houston. I think they're twenty sixth in yards per play offensively. I mean, it's just it's an offense that really, really struggles to, to to move the ball consistently. So to me, it's got it's got to be a very 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 strict script for Tennessee to win this game. Anything gets off script for them, turnover, penalty that knocks them back and makes them punt. Fall behind by 10 plus, I think it becomes a game where the Chiefs could just snowball it. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this game's over. You know, midway through the third quarter.
1: Yeah. You should laugh in the chat it says, Patrick, the Chiefs love being down two scores early. Boy, do they. They yeah. sure do love to get down 14 to nothing, 10 to nothing, sometimes 17 to nothing. Hell, 24 to three. You know, um, uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to be okay in this one. So look, everybody, we got to get out of here. We're going to be back on Sunday. Uh, we'll be here. We'll have a Chiefs pregame show you know, around 30 minutes before the game. So you want to check in. So you got to hit that subscribe button. We'll see you for the pregame show. Then we do a halftime show. We catch up on our thoughts on the first half. And then we'll have a postgame show as well. It'll go about an hour. It's always a lot of fun. We drink beer. It's a good time. So if you want to get involved with our Chiefs community again, check out the description, look for the links, consider becoming a member. Would love to see you in the discord tonight. Uh, Say hi. If you decide to join, I'll be there watching Thursday night football uh, this evening. Gonna get some Chipotle, Mags out for the night. Uh, me and the dogs are gonna have a good time watching NFL football. Um, all right, everybody. We will Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when when uh, that's what I do when she's gone. It's Chipotle, you know, it's Chipotle, dogs, oh, football. Yeah. What else? One yeah. more thing. But we'll but uh, before you... we go, I, I I didn't you and I didn't get to talk about the uh the Cavs Knicks game.
2: Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about it briefly. The Knicks are a tire fire. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they played them tough they played tough yeah, I, did you see the Knicks game last night which thanks I didn't because I was at a concert but the Knicks got up 24 points in Atlanta and then gave up a 69 29 run at the Garden ooh yeah that's nice job yeah time yeah. to fire Tom Thibodeau it's time he was really <laughs> fun for like a year and a half it's over it's yeah. just, I've never seen anybody for, for those who follow the NBA maybe casually the Knicks have a player named Obi Toppin who was a first round pick who every time he comes into a game is electrifying to watch. Like the guy is good for 10 points every like 12 minutes that he plays, which wouldn't be a problem, except he only plays 12 minutes every game. Yeah. Because they're just married to getting Evan Fournier on the field or on the court for 40 minutes a night. And Evan Fournier, like if you look at a box score, you'll see like, oh, Barrett had 18 points, Randall had 22 points, Mitchell Robinson had like eight points, we had like 12 blocks. And then you get to Evan Fournier and it's like 37 minutes, two points. and plays zero defense like it'd be one thing if you're some unbelievable defensive player he couldn't guard you like it's unbelievable how bad he is however the devils seven and three just rolling so So i'm excited about that your blue jackets are garbage
1: yeah the blue jackets are garbage but you got look you you got the chiefs you got the devils i got the cavaliers the guardians guardians are good again we'll take it so uh by the way who you like in the world series
2: my my head says the Astros are the much better team, but yeah. my heart says I, as an A's fan, who also my God, making a throw up. I, I I hate the Astros. Yeah. I, there's no way I'm picking them. So Screw those guys. I and by the way, if, no no fan base in the world is more indignant than the Houston Astros fan base that somehow like has turned the fact that they blatantly and admittedly cheated to win a <laughs> World Series somehow have turned that into like this like us-against-the-world mentality, like, oh, you're gonna call us out for being cheaters? That's bullshit. I'm <laughs> sorry. You were banging on a trash can all season. Like yeah. it, 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 Because somehow, like, the buzzer thing is controversial, that, like, now, like, they've been exonerated in their own minds for all this stuff. No, no, no. No. You blatantly cheated to win a World Series. This is fact. Yeah. And so, like, not only do I do I not like them because they're in the division, you gotta not like them. Like, it's this fan bases mentality that somehow like they're above all this and like they, they're the ones who have been wronged in all this stuff. Yeah, just kills me to no end. So yeah. I hate to do it, rooting for Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like re- rooting for Philly either, but I will against Houston. And by the way, DJ in the chat. Oh, Cavs trash. Cavs are 6-1, man. They just, beat, they just beat the Celtics twice in one week. Celtics were in the finals last year. I don't know what you want. What do you want them to do? Win the, win the championship in uh, in October. You, you know who's <laughs> trash? The Nets.
2: For a yeah. wide variety of reasons. Yeah, all kinds okay. of trash. I mean, just... You've got Kyrie Irving, who, take away for a second, his off-court stuff, like a great player. Like a great on-the-court player. Yeah. Kevin Durant, an all-time player. Ben Simmons, who at one point was a good player. And you are just a train wreck. And then you get into... Kyrie Irving away from the court, which is just a complete abomination. Yeah. And now, like Nash is fired, and they bring in Adoka, who's a great coach, but like is suspended for the year from Boston for personal conduct issues. And the Nets, the Nets are like, hey, look, look, I know we've got more stuff going on than any team in recent history, but let's let's bring him in. Let's hire the guy who's. Suspended for personal conduct. For yep. the, let's bring him into the fold. That ought to work out just fine. So <laughs> the net somehow the Knicks aren't the most dysfunctional team in New York. Yeah, the, that is that is really the big. The Knicks ought to hang that banner. Yeah, they really, really like, should. <laughs> not yeah. the most dysfunctional team in New York.
1: Yeah, the, the, I, it would,
2: yeah. It would A be true and B? It would be the only thing they've actually been able to claim for like forty yeah. years.
1: So. The Knicks, at least, we're not the Nets.
2: Right. Like you, I'll tell you right now as a Knicks fan, if they, if they hung that up, like if they did the whole thing like how you'd like retire a number, yeah. like they put the, the spotlight on it and they played like they remember the Titans music and yeah. hung it, the, that place would explode in 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 applause. Like it, yeah. would, it would be one of the great, you can't please us on the court. Give me that banner. You can even take it down at the end of the year. I don't care. But like yeah. just the, the night and do it when the Nets are playing them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
2: Oh, be at all time. I did like, be so the funny. greatest troll job in every history. Yeah,
1: I love it. I love it. All right. We are officially off the rails. We're going to get out of here, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll see you on Sunday night for Chiefs versus Titans. But until then, as always, go Chiefs.